it's funny how God just makes time, <laughs> especially if it's something that you're praying about. I've really not seen my life become any more hectic from learning the guitar. And to be honest with you, it's been more of a blessing because now my children all have guitars and they've come <laughs> to guitar practice with me. And it's something that we can do together. And it's almost therapeutic. I don't know, like learning to play is just, it's given me an outlet to kind of be unplugged a little bit, which makes me feel refreshed. And so I feel like if you're afraid that you're not going to have the time or that it's, you're going to fail, you just have to like push through that and go for it. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. We are fortunate today to have Mandy Rose as our guest. Mandy is the queen of her house full of boys. She is married to her husband, Jeff, and is the mother of her three very active young men, Parker, Bentley, and Sloan. Mandy is the mastermind behind the popular House of Rose blog, found at houseofroseblog.com, which is basically about being a stay-at-home mom. She's the co-host of the Dollars and Roses podcast, where she and her husband, Jeff, teach their listeners how to turn a blogging hobby into something that makes real money. Mandy, I could say a lot more about you because you're doing so many incredible things, but let's save it for the interview. It is a pleasure to speak with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on. I'm pumped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's kick off. I asked the same question to everybody that comes on, and the very first question is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? This is probably not going to be a surprise to many of my followers, but I would have to say Justin Timberlake. (laughs) I'm like a huge JT fan. (laughs) As you should be. Do you have a favorite JT song? Now I like Mears. I like his new album. I mean, anything he does, I like, but Mears is a good one. Wonderful. Where did you see him? In St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. All right, let's roll into blank versus blank. I'm going to give you two options, and then if you'd be willing just to pick one and a short reason why. And the first one is, which Girl Scout cookie is the most delicious, Samoas versus Thin Mints? Oh, gosh, this is like hands down Thin Mints, and you put those things in the refrigerator or freezer. (laughs) Actually, that's been my lunch for the last week, so don't tell anyone, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I applaud your wisdom. That's good. I keep it healthy. As you should. Okay, which is more fun, dancing and body letters versus a 5,000 square foot mirror maze? Oh, you know what my nightmares are made of, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to definitely go with dancing and body letters. (laughs) All right, let's not ignore the 5,000 square foot mirror maze. Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, my goodness. If you've never done one of those, don't do it. I mean... (laughs) It was like the beginning of our spring break vacation, and it was like the first place we stopped. And I thought, well, this is going to be fun. They had all these things to do. And so we went in, and if you ever take kids in a mirror maze, first of all, two-year-olds do not understand that there's like a mirror. So our poor little two-year-old, he like immediately just ran and like ran right into the mirror and like bumped his head. And he just kept doing it over and over. But it was literally like, seriously, I was having anxiety because you could like look in five different directions, and your kids looked like they were in 10 different locations. And like you would try to get to them, but okay. Anyway, I could go on and on. It was a nightmare. <laughs> All right. So you obviously picked dancing and body letters. Would you be able to willing to tell that story? Oh, if you're talking about whenever we went out for my birthday. Uh, uh, possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. So my friends and I like to dance. I danced all through high school and college. So dancing is one thing that like, it's just been a constant hobby of mine. So anytime we get a chance to go out and do a little dancing, that's what we do. So we had went out for my birthday and one of actually my guitar instructor, he is a musician in the area. And so he plays local shows. We had went to see him play 
and we just were being silly. And so we decided to like spell out his name and body letters as we were dancing. <laughs> oh, the things we do. <laughs> All right, let's roll into finish this sentence. And you talked about the family vacation, so let's go there. Finish this sentence. The key to a successful family RV road trip is... Let your wife stay in a hotel while you camp in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, duly noted. There's got to be a story there. I mean, most people think of RV road trips as being cool. Is that not true with you? I'm just, I'm really a girly girl. So it's funny that God (laughs) has put three little crazy boys in my life. And I'm adjusting, but it's taking time. And so outdoors things have never been... It's never really been me, but uh, yeah, Jeff's idea of this RV road trip, it was all his idea, and he's pretty adamant that we're going. He's already booked the RV, and so for 14 days, I'm going to be, I don't know. I think I need to practice, like maybe hide out in my closet for 14 days and see like if I can handle <laughs> it, because I think it's going to be similar, but uh, I keep joking with him like, so we're going to like just pull into the Sheraton parking lot, right? And I'm going to get a suite, and y'all are going to like <laughs> camp in the parking lot. <laughs> he doesn't think that's funny, but I'm kind of serious. Well. <laughs> Well, and it's probably wise to have that extra iPad for the kids, right? Uh, yeah, we're going to need to like probably get two new iPads so that we can like have them all occupied. <laughs> That's probably a smart idea. Now, what's the longest amount of hours that you're willing to drive on a road trip for a family vacation? Oh, man, not far. I mean, I've always hated driving in the car. I don't like flying either. This is bad. I'm not a traveler, right. so I'm married to uh-huh. a man who loves to travel. But the <laughs> longest, taking our family, the longest we've gone is probably 30. 13 hours. I think we went to Destin, Florida, and that was about 12. Yeah, that's pretty far. Yeah, it was far. It's far with three kids. But this road trip, I'm telling you, is going to be, I mean, <laughs> days of that. I don't even know. Like, I'm going to need medication or something. <laughs> like, a part of me is proud of Jeff, but then the other part of me is like, I get it. I feel for you. If, if <laughs> in July of this year we end up divorced, it, you'll know it's because of the road trip. <laughs> oh, save the marriage, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I tried <laughs> do, do to warn else. him. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, the last finish this sentence. When creating a gallery wall, it is important to not have a plan. (laughs) I know I'm a planner, but when it comes to gallery walls, the thing that I always tell people is don't try to do it all at once. So anytime I've ever done a gallery wall, it's always been pieces that I'll pick up here and there. And it takes me like Mm -hmm. months to collect them. And then one day I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to put this up today. And so once I have all the pieces, usually like 10 or 15, I lay them out on the floor and I like take pictures of different layouts. And that's like the only thing I do. I don't have any magic way of making it work. I just kind of eyeball it. And even when I'm putting the nails in the wall, I'm just like, man, this looks good. (laughs) I'm a perfectionist in every sense, but it's funny when it comes to gallery walls, I'm just kind of a spontaneous go for it. Manny, there's a lot of male listeners to this particular show. For some of them who may not know what a gallery wall is, would you be able to explain that? (laughs) Yeah, it's just really like a collection of uh, wall art. So canvases or pictures in a frame or your kids art and you just kind of lay it out on your wall and and it's just all of these different things in one place. Excellent. All right. Well said. Mandy, we're going to rewind a little bit. You obviously have had really cool success with your blog and obviously your husband Jeff has done that as well. But you weren't always into blogging and prior to that you had a successful career in corporate America and then, you know, eventually left that to now be in the role of being a full-time stay-at-home mom. Was that a difficult transition for you to leave the corporate gig and then go all in on being a full-time stay-at-home mom? Yeah, well, first, I should probably clarify, I don't, my kids aren't here all the time. They're here part-time, so they do go to daycare part-time. So I do have 
still a little bit of time to work on the blog stuff. But as far as transitioning from my corporate job to just staying home and blogging, it was by far probably one of the hardest decisions that I had to make because I went to school for business and then I ended up going ahead and getting my master's. So something that was always a dream of mine was I wanted to have a great job and I wanted to do something for myself. And leaving that to just blog, especially whenever your blog at that time wasn't very successful and it wasn't making money, was really a huge risk that I took. And I think I'm lucky because Jeff had the ability to let me do that. So the income part wasn't really going to affect us that much. It was more of the, I had this great gig and I was getting paid well and I had all this responsibility and could I really leave that? Because if I did, I would never find something like that in our area again. And so it's like, could I really leave that to just put all my heart into this blog stuff that I was like, I don't even really get the blog stuff yet. So it was definitely by far a very, very, very hard decision, but one that reflecting back on has been like the biggest blessing in my life. Certainly. So let's give the listeners just a little bit of perspective here. What year was that? Oh, let's see. That was 2011. It was fairly quickly after I had my third child. So it was 2011 that I left uh, my corporate job as a retirement manager. Wonderful. Okay. So that hasn't been that long ago. So you made that jump. And let's talk about the progress that you were able to make in that first year of blogging. Let's focus specifically on the monetization aspect. Well, so many things changed whenever I left because I had previously been blogging just when I had time. And I started to realize that not only did I love to blog about my family, I found out once I had time on my hands that I like I had other interests that I never knew I had. So like the decorating and adoption and learning to do video and things that I had never really dived into before started to become interests of mine. And so I started just writing about all of those things, even cooking every once in a while, even though Jeff says I don't cook, I kind of do. But I just started writing about more, more things that were on my heart. And Honestly, that opened up doors for me just gaining readership, which has Mm. obviously helped uh, monetize. And also, I never had time to really care about how to work with ad networks or do any type of affiliate marketing. And Jeff would always be telling me like, you need to be adding this and you need to be doing this. And I would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would Mm. just be like, I don't have time, like do it for me or I can't do it. And so I don't know, I just started having all this time to really figure it out and to really take the things that he was giving me advice on and to research them and to start putting them into practice. And so it changed everything for me. Okay, so what happened? Well, I started to to join a few ad networks. I became a part of like three different ad networks and I started putting up ads, which I hadn't really had on there before. And then I started doing some affiliate marketing, which everybody at the time, like I had done a little bit of it before. You know, they're like, oh, if you like a product, you can promote it and get paid. But it didn't do anything for me. And so when I started teaching people how to start a blog, because it was just something that I got questioned on all the time, like, oh, you started, you have this blog, how do I do that? And so I put up a page about starting your own blog. And so a lot of that affiliate marketing and affiliate money that I make now comes from that page, all of people that are just interested in starting a blog. 
those those are really my two main sources from House of Rose right now. But it opened up my eyes to not just doing my blog, but wanting to do like a product or something that I could do that was bigger than that, which I know we haven't really talked about Happy Mommy Box yet. But that was the direction that I headed after I learned like it doesn't have to just be monetizing the things that you have on your blog. Now you have this audience of people that are following you and they love you and they want to do what you're doing or they whatever it is that you're selling or doing, they want to buy it. And so I was like, what can we do with that? Like, how can we encourage and inspire other women, but also make it profitable for us? And so that was the whole happy mommy box direction that I'm sure we'll talk about later. But absolutely. And in that first year, you made a notable adjustment there. I mean, that there was kind of not a lot of stuff going on and then a lot more readers and then opportunities that I'm sure maybe you didn't realize were possible when you first started. And then all of a sudden there was actual money coming in, like reasonable money. So that's pretty exciting. So you and your husband, Jeff, I know you guys have produced income reports that your blogs have generated over at dollarsandroses.com. Are you guys still doing the income reports? We are. We have November and December up there, but uh, we're slow. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So (laughs) coming soon. Yes. I think actually January's is up, I think too. But February, we're usually like a month behind. But yeah, we're still posting them. Definitely. Excellent. All right. So you mentioned Happy Mommy Box, and I think this is really cool. So you and your friend Natalie have this project, Happy Happy Mommy Box. What is it and what compelled you to start it? Well, it was actually an idea that Natalie had and her and I just met at a blogging conference. I say last year. It seems like it's been five years ago, but we really just met last year. And uh, the whole idea behind her and I is that we have similar passions and similar goals and our blogs are very similar in the sense that we love women and mothers and just the community. And so basically Happy Mommy Box is a lot like any subscription service like a Birch Box or Brickyard Buffalo or Citrus lane. There's tons of them out there, but there was Mm -hmm. nothing for moms. And so it's a subscription-based service for moms and it's a care package that you get once a month that's full of like four to five different surprise products um, and it comes right to your doorstep. We call it like encouraged, inspired motherhood at your doorstep. Mm -hmm. So it's just really for us, it was more than a subscription service though. It was like this community and this pact of women that we just all feel like we have each other to lean on and to go to. And yeah, I mean, that was just the heart behind it. And it's really been something that I never thought would take off like it did. (laughs) So I've been a little taken back, but um, it's been really fun. One of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk with you, Mandy, and I wanted to talk to you for several months. You and I first met back in, I want to say last year, late last year, and I met you and your husband in Nashville. And I remember we were going to lunch and we had to wait a little bit to go to lunch because you actually had one of your readers (laughs) wanted to come and meet you. And I remember not knowing you very well, just knowing about you and thinking, wow, that's pretty impressive that you're in a completely different city and people are figuring out ways to meet you and and like that you weren't even having like a formal meetup or anything people were contacting you, you know i need to meet you and that just so impressed me but that's an aside <laughs> what i really want to talk to you about is the mocha club and i've noticed you've been doing this guitar project recently and it's just really encouraged and inspired me so let's talk about the guitar project for the mocha club and how you let's start out with how did you find out about the mocha club Oh, okay. I'd love to talk about this. Okay. So I went to 
in the Influence Conference, which is just another conference for women who are looking to use their influence for the glory of God. And so I went to this conference last year. It was amazing. So I know your readers are men, so this doesn't apply, but <laughs> or your listeners are mostly men. But anyway, I learned about the Mocha Club at this conference, and they do these things called the Purpose Project. And it's basically the idea behind it is you pick something that you've always wanted to do, but you do it for a bigger purpose. So you raise money for an organization, and so they have different organizations that they work with. I chose Orphan Care in Africa. And so you raise money for this organization. And at the end of your time frame that you're doing this project, then you agree to do whatever it is that you've always wanted to do. And so there's lots of different people that have done this before. And most of the time, you know, it's like skydiving or the project that I followed for a very long time was called the Pixie Project. So a woman who wanted to cut all her hair off and have like a pixie haircut. I mean, or get a tattoo or whatever it is. There's just tons of different things. And for me, I was like, I've always wanted to play an instrument, whether it be the piano or the guitar. I've just always wanted to do something musically. My mom was in a band and my grandpa was in a band. And I was like, I'm not musically talented. I can dance and that is it. <laughs> and so I just thought this would be so cool if I could actually learn to play the guitar and do something that I've always had the heart to do, but never the courage. But at the same time, be doing it for a purpose, for something bigger than just learning the guitar. And so that's what started the guitar project for me me. Okay, so the Mocha Club does work with different organizations and stuff, and you picked one that works specifically with orphans in, in Africa. So what compelled you to, to choose that? A couple years ago at church, Jeff and I were during a worship service. We were just worshiping, and I just remember having this like overcoming feeling, like I had my eyes closed and I was just praising, and I remember just feeling like what it felt like to be an orphan. And it's hard to talk about because I'll cry. I'm so passionate about this, but mm -hmm. I just felt like just so scared and alone. Alone. And that was the moment for Jeff and I, or for me, that I knew that there was something there that God was putting on my heart. And I just didn't know at the time really what it was. Later on, come to find out it was through adoption. And Jeff and I are currently adopting from the Philippines. And, and that's been something that we've been in the process for a couple of years now. But um, I knew in that moment that it wasn't just that, like it was something more, like there's something more that he's asking me to do, but I don't have the answers. And so when I met the Mocha Club and the Purpose Project and the Guitar Project, I was like, this is a step for me just to help more. I know this isn't it. I know this is not the end for me and for how I'm going to make an impact or how I can help. But this is just a step to do that. And so, yeah, that's kind of where the heart came from. Okay. So one of the things you recently wrote about was your fear of potentially failing with a guitar project. And that, that kind of maybe hindered you a little bit from getting started. And so I, I want to talk to you. You did move forward with the project. It is uh, what I would consider successful so far. You're well on your way to reaching your goal. What kind of doubt did you experience when you were starting this particular project? I was a nervous wreck. I am typically the type of person, like, I don't like to do anything unless I know the outcome. This is why I didn't become a Christian until I was an adult, <laughs> because I am just such a control freak that I was like, I have to know what's going to happen before it happens. And, you know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and so the guitar project, I was just so afraid of so many things. But one that I couldn't actually learn to play the guitar because I have never in my life tried ever. Like, I've never picked up a guitar. So I didn't even know if it was possible. My mind doesn't know how to read music. I've never played 
played an instrument. And so that was one of my big fears. But another huge fear for me was that I wasn't going to be able to raise the money. And so when you're putting forth that goal, and my goal was $1,000, you just think, are people going to back me? Are they going to support this? And, you know, am I going to have this huge fear of letting down this organization that I've agreed to help and donate money to? And so I think really the big takeaway from that for anyone who's trying to do something is don't let fear stop you. I feel like God always provides. And even if you will fail (laughs) and it's okay, um, it's not the end of the world. And so instead of being held back and I put this project off for months. I mean, almost a year. I didn't do it. I kept making excuses and saying like, no, because I thought, I don't know. I just don't think my readers are going to donate. I don't think anybody cares. I don't think. And it was like, I just let all of that go. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I feel like that's what people, it holds so many people back. They're afraid that they're going to fail. So they just don't do it. And, you know, I think you have to kind of just let that go. What I find interesting is this was something that you wanted to do for a long time, but you could have easily said, well, I'm a mother of three. I've got the happy mommy box. I've got my blog. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there in fairness. Now you have to add this to it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I totally get that. So what advice or encouragement do you offer to that listener who wants to make an impact? They want to do something that has a deeper purpose, but they're just not sure. Well, where do I begin? Yeah, I mean, I think that you just said it. Where do I begin? You have to just begin because that's the thing. So many people there. I don't know. I just feel like nobody ever starts it because they're afraid they're never going to be able to do it. And so I think you just have to go for it. I know I have a busy schedule and I that was another fear of mine is finding the time. Like when in the heck am I going to learn to play the guitar? I don't know. And Jeff was like, he thought I was pretty crazy because he was like, So you're going to learn to play the guitar and you're going to go to guitar lessons. And when are you going to do that? And so I think if it's something that you have a passion for and that's something on your heart, you will find the time. And it's funny how God just makes time, (laughs) especially if it's something that you're praying about. I've really not seen my life become any more hectic from learning the guitar. And to be honest with you, it's been more of a blessing because now my children all have guitars and they've come to guitar practice with me. And it's something that we can do together. And it's almost therapeutic. I don't know, like learning to play is just it's given me an outlet to kind of be unplugged a little bit, which makes me feel refreshed. And so I feel like if you're afraid that you're not going to have the time or that it's you're going to fail, you just have to like push through that and go for it. Mandy, you mentioned your friend Chris and you're taking the guitar lessons. So what has been your biggest challenge with learning the guitar? Learning the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've had numerous male friends that have said to me before I started, oh, you're learning the guitar? I tried to learn the guitar, but I quit after like a month. And (laughs) I'm one of those people that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them that I'm a woman and I can do this. And so (laughs) it's really just been a mindset for me because it's hard. It's very, very hard. It is. is. And uh, But I have a great instructor and he's really helped a lot. I would say like I tried to learn on my own for a little bit on YouTube because I thought, well, I'll impress him. I'll show up to my first lesson and I'll be like, I already got some chords down. And uh, that was a joke. Like, I tried to do that and it didn't work out. So I think having someone guide you <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, has helped me a lot. All right. So, so one of your big goals in this process, obviously to raise money and support these orphans in Africa, which is outstanding, but you also want to sing a song. So what song are you going to sing when you get to that point? Well, here's the thing, Jared. I don't really sing. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, what song are you going to play? But I really do want to sing. I'm not ruling that out just yet, but I feel like it's probably not likely that I'll sing for the project, but I'll definitely play the song. And the song, oh, can I tell you? This is not really that big of a deal, but uh, it's a Bruno Mars song. It's just the way you are. And so I'm just doing the acoustic version of that. And that'll be the song that I play. I'm trying. And this is like, this is not set in stone. But just yesterday, I'm trying to learn um, Here I Am to Worship by Chris Tomlin. And I was going to try to do two songs. But I know that's a little bit of an overachiever in me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you have any challenges with the calluses on your fingers? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's tough. It hurts. And I have calluses. And for the first, like, month, my fingers were a hot mess. I mean, they just Mm -hmm. hurt all the time. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people don't stick with it. Yeah. It it is. It's painful. Yeah, I think that's what's so cool about the Purpose Project. It was something that gave me the motivation to keep going because it's so easy to quit. And so I think that's something that if there's something that you've been wanting to do, like find something like the Purpose Project that will give you the motivation to continue it out because it's so easy to just give up. Right. So where could people find out? I'm hoping to get this episode out here in a reasonable amount of time. So hopefully your opportunity will still be out there. So where can people find out about that? Yeah, they can go to houseofroseblog.com slash the guitar project. And it has all the information on on what I'm doing. And then it also links to the Mocha Club if anybody wanted to start their own purpose project. Oh, and I hope they do. I think it's really compelling what they're up to. Let's talk just for a minute about conferences. Now, you and your husband have been fortunate to attend a lot of really good conferences. What are some of your favorites? Oh, let's see. I'm going to have to say, did you go to WDS? I am going this year. You are. Okay. We'll we'll be there too. That was probably the one that surprised me the most, I would say. I would probably put that as number one, but I was shocked that I liked it because when Jeff originally said, hey, babe, I bought tickets to the World Domination Summit, I was like, so we're going to dominate the world or what? I was like, (laughs) what is that? And I was so resistant to going, but I can tell you that that conference was probably the most beneficial to me in the sense that I loved that everybody that attended um, was like an entrepreneur in some way. And so they're all people that are actually doing it, not just people that are trying. They're people that have been successful doing it. And so surrounding yourself with so many people like that, it was amazing. Awesome. And I noticed on your blog, you're actually on a panel and you're going to be speaking at the Influence Conference, which you mentioned earlier. Oh my gosh. Uh, can you give us kind of a little teaser about what you're going to be speaking about at the Influence Conference? I'm going to start sweating just thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be talking about really using your blog and how to monetize it. So I'm going to be speaking on a panel with three other women there. That'll be, I feel like that's going to be fun for me. I'm going to be speaking with Jeff at a conference in June and we're going to awesome. be keynote speakers and I'm like, oh, like oh, wow. I almost cried yesterday. Like we had the setup phone call and I was like, no, I can't do it. But <laughs> <laughs> again, this is one of those things that I'm going out of your comfort zone and just pushing yourself to new limits. <laughs> Totally. You guys are going to do fantastic. And I'm excited to hear that you're doing that. As we start to wrap up here, Mandy, who is doing something that interests you? Who's doing something that interests me? This doesn't have to be a celebrity, right? It can be anything. Okay. I would definitely say right now, two women that are doing things that are interesting me are the two women that run the Influence Conference. And their names are Jesse and Haley. I love, love, love them because they are women that are just like me that I mean, they don't have huge, ginormous blogs. Neither do I. They're just women who have a heart for God and a heart for women. 
And they put together this conference and, oh my gosh, it's uh, probably like on the top of my conference list too. I didn't mention it, but um, they're really great. I loved when I attended their conference. It wasn't about having these people, these speakers that were like, these amazing idols. Like sometimes when you go to a conference, it's all these really successful bloggers and you think, oh, they're really great, but that's not me. Like I can never Mm -hmm. be them. And at this conference, like they spoke at it and they're women just like me. And I love that I can be like, wow, she's up there professing her love for Christ and what she can do to use her blog as an influence for good. And I'm thinking like, I can do that. And so really, honestly, I went to that last year and it really changed my mindset and was one of the reasons that I started Happy Mommy Box because I thought I can do this. I don't have to be some successful, good enough person. I'm good enough where I am. Manny, what's the best place for the listeners to subscribe and pick up their Happy Mommy Box and then also stay connected with everything that you're doing online? (laughs) You can find my main blog at houseofroseblog.com. And if you're interested, if you're a mom or you have a wife, hey, this is a good thing for a wife if they're a mother, you can go to happymommybox.com. We are on a wait list right now. So you can Mm -hmm. sign up for the wait list. And uh, those are pretty much the two main places. I'm at House of Rose on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm House of Rose. Pretty much everywhere you find, every social media outlet, I'm House of Rose. (laughs) Wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Oh, goodness. I just want to thank you so much for having me on. This is one of those times where you feel like I'm not worthy enough to be on his podcast. (laughs) And uh, this was the first podcast that I did without Jeff. Normally, I do these with my husband. And so he picks up whenever I start losing my train of thought, which happens a lot. (laughs) And so I just thank you because this helped me overcome a fear of something that like I didn't think I could do. So I appreciate that. Well, Mandy, you are doing something that's compelling and it's interesting and you need to overcome that because people need to hear your story. What you're doing is is fantastic and you do. You got your own little thing going with House of Rose and it's amazing what you and Jeff are accomplishing. But yeah, don't be afraid to do your thing because yeah, people need to hear from Mandy Rose. So thank you for sharing and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. almost a year. I didn't do it. I kept making excuses and saying like, no, because I thought, I don't know. I just don't think my readers are going to donate. I don't think anybody cares. I don't think. And it was like, I just let all of that go. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I feel like that's what people, it holds so many people back. They're afraid that they're going to fail. So they just don't do it. And, you know, I think you have to kind of just let that go. 